This episode of the Porter Notes Podcast Supplemental is for you, the listeners. <laughs> we love you. Stay up to date with all our goings on at porternotes.com, our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Podcast. Consider being a sponsor by checking out our Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com porternotes. Okay, let's get started. Hey everybody, this is Alex. Um, Where's the podcast? (laughs) I've had a number of inquiries and yes, I'm, I'm here and I'm alive. I'm much like all of you at a moment of loss and confusion. I mean, I could go on and on about how I feel about the world and the country and everybody in it, but it seems rather, I don't know, disingenuous. And don't get me wrong, I'm angry. And What's the, the best way to deal with anger? And Do you internalize it? Do you internalize it? Because I, I do. It's not the right thing to do, but I know it's how I handle my anger at times. My therapist had told me I shouldn't let things continue to build up inside. Well, actually, what she told me was I I carry a big old bag of injustices around with me. (laughs) I go about harvesting these injustices all the time, sort of like picking up nuggets or pine cones off the ground. You know, like, oh, you think that? Or, you know, okay, hmm, just put that in the bag. You know, oh, so uh, I have to just accept this? Okay, well, I'll put this in the bag too. Then all of these things, these wrongs and happenings, uh, which make me angry, continue to fill the bag. I mean, no matter how slight or insignificant they are to other people, to me, well, even annoyances, I guess, uh, they go right in that bag, and each anger nugget, each sticky, bristly, anger pine cone, like, well, an angry cone, anger pine cone, angry cone, that's it, that's a great name, too, it'd be a great band name, I mean, eventually, of course, the the bag is too heavy and full, and I can't carry it around anymore, and the next thing to get stuffed into the bag is too much, you know, big unwieldy bag, I turn it over and start shaking the contents out on the ground at my feet, and people around me, well, you know, let's be honest, the person around me, the great prize winner of all these festering anger nuggets and angry cones, I kind of like this word, well, you win, you win all this shit, everything from the last big bag dump, for good measure, the stuff that's in the corners of the bag, which, for whatever reason continue to hang in there, you know, some grade school stuff and high school stuff and the time I was held powerless by my brother in the old house in Chicago and, you know, the really insignificant injustices which have never really been righted, I feel. You win. My tears and my antics and my words, those evil, evil, hateful words which just slither out from behind my clenched teeth. They're designed to hurt you and really bad. You know, 
just so that you can feel a little bit of my pain. You win this too. Anyway, I get the idea. Enough is enough. Giving over to the wave of emotion, the repressed anger and frustration. Now release. Finally. And I am woefully underqualified to address the current events. As a man, as a fix-it kind of man, this is very hard for me, yet here my platform awaits, and you, dear listener, await. I can't help but feel tacky and dumb, but ultimately silence is consent. See, I'm fortunate I pass as a white man. Those who can't have little hope for a future because of it. Does it sound extreme? Well, these are extreme times. A friend once told me in conversation his feelings on how black men were and are being actively hunted in America. I was unsure of the validity of his views, but he's right. He was right then, and he's he's still right. When faced with a new truth, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around it. Am I alone in this? I don't don't think so. I've been fortunate to have the truths of the world exposed to me by people who care and, and love me. I'm not saying I'm a stupid person. I don't believe this in any way, but I do believe in the essential goodness of human beings. And When this has been challenged, I've been lucky enough to learn a lesson from a distance. I've been the recipient of some good fortune and generosity. Again, though, I pass as a white man. So why have I been quiet over the past few weeks? Well, I've started this episode of the podcast numerous times, actually, and each time I find myself on the wrong path, either the, uh, you know, I know people of color path, or the there's a difference between protesters, rioters, and looters, or it's all the man, you know. But all those paths are dead ends. I mean, that's it, isn't it? Just dead ends. I can't boil it down and I can't put my spin, my two cents into it because it's not a simple fix. What's happening now doesn't get solved with one swipe of the pen or the sword or the turn of a phrase. What's happening isn't one thing, it's the culmination of many things. It's time to recognize whether people want to or not, where we as a nation have pushed our poor, our people of color, our indigenous, you know, the folks we tout about saying, this is what makes America great. Or we used to say it that way. Now frightened white people want to go back to whatever it was that had made us great. Great being in quotation marks. No, 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 no. Almost went down that path. Uh, So... We have a systemic breakdown on many, many fronts. There's no fixing this. Sorry, but it's true. There's economic disparity. There's racial injustice. There's murder. There's abuse of power. There's starvation, poison, and, oh yeah, it's a super contagious virus, which is indiscriminate. It should be the mid-90s all over again when folks realized that AIDS wasn't just a disease for queers and junkies and realized it could be anyone. However, we're smarter than that now. The virus isn't real, right? It's a, it's a hoax. See, 
There I go again. Uh, not that path, Porter. Okay. Black Lives Matter. All Lives Matter? Yes. All of them. But nobody's standing up for the Black Lives, so there's got to be a reminder. Hey, lynching is still going on in America. Still. 2020. Black bodies are still hanging from the poplar trees. You can say black lives matter and indigenous lives matter and children's lives matter and women's lives matter and be right. However, the only lives, the only lives not threatened today as I record this are the scared white men. The all-powerful scared white men. Which means they're the ones who can say it, mean it, and change it. Remember when we were kids and we were told that we could change the world and you get older and disillusioned and jaded and think, no, that's, that's wrong. I can't change the world. The cards are stacked against me and I'm powerless. But this is only the perspective that you've been given. There's another view available, but it's not ever been shown to you this way. It's okay. I'd not realize this myself. It's hard and scary and uncomfortable, so just like I said a moment ago, it's a new truth, and it's not easy to wrap your head around new truth. But here we go. You, dear listener, you have power. You have the ability to change the world, make all things right. Stop the death and the fear and the starvation and the destruction of the planet starting in your neighborhood and this is the lesson powerful white men, powerful scared white men, don't want you to know. And this is what we all should have woken up to over the past few months. You have the power. What did you do during the lockdown? Did you work? If you served fast food, stocked grocery shelves, manned the counter at a gas station, turned a screw, drove a nail, moved freight, or took a temperature? I mean, do you see what I'm getting at? All of you essentials, you're the ones who fulfilled orders and kept the country going. You're essential in the pandemic, and you're essential to the nation. Why are they so concerned with lifting restrictions? It has nothing to do with the economy. If you doubt me, simply look at your expenditures over the lockdown. Were they higher or lower? Did you spend less money? Did you work less? I only know a very few people who weren't able to work during the lockdown and I'm not knocking the musicians and hairdressers and hotel staffers and high-end wait staff. There's a lot to be learned in terms of adaptability. I mean, I'm greatly inspired by one of the local chefs, uh, Jason Pettit. He adjusted, he made his location here in Reedsburg a viable option during lockdown, even though he took a hit, a big one. He still managed to produce something. He kept employees on, he kept the lights on. I'm sure it wasn't an easy task, but... Owning your own business requires this kind of fortitude, American ingenuity. Again, it's another path. It's a fine line. I'm not afraid of being labeled opinionated, self-righteous. Hell, I'll even cop to being radical. I want to express myself and not seem pushy, but it seems like we all need a little push. I just... I, I would just like to say this. We have the power. We are the society. We are the man. Nobody is keeping us down. We're keeping ourselves down. We're letting this happen. And the sooner we, you, and me, and all of us realize this, the more dangerous we will be. 
And that is why we're sick and starving and dying in the streets. And that is why we're scared and we're docile and distracted and broke and hungry. And that's why we're angry. We're not having this happen. We're letting this happen to us, to our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers, our children. Your children are my children. Your brother is my brother. I know it sounds foreign. I know it sounds out there and sounds scary. Well, it is. It's like the first time you take the wheel of a car and you finally understand the responsibility of controlling your destiny. The new truth is scary because you have an awareness of your ability to guide your own life and you also can have things go horribly wrong if you don't keep your eyes on the road. My wife tells a story about how she ended the pain of a childhood bully by walking up to him and telling him specifically that he was no longer in control of the situation. The boy never bullied her again. She had to do this multiple times in her life. And it was hard each time. She's better as a result, she'll tell you. So what are you afraid of? You'll starve? You'll never live out your dreams? You'll never find love? That's the rhetoric from the scared white men, the powerful scared white men. Get back to work. Get the country going again. Get the economy in motion. You need things to get back to normal. No. It's more like get back into the hamster wheel and get back into your place in the machine. Stop staying home. Stop appreciating your life and your family and your own clear thoughts. Stop breathing cleaner air. Stop making your own food at home. Stop gardening. Growing your own vegetables. Stop connecting with others and realize that you need those connections. Get back out there and consume products and resources. Remember how gas prices plunged during the lockdown? Poison the planet and each other and be afraid. Very, very, very afraid. Remember too how crime declined during the lockdown? That's the normal you want? Never forget, there are powerful organizations who profit from your fear. If the police weren't afraid of the people, where would the former military vehicles and weaponry go? If people weren't afraid of each other, what would pharmaceutical sales look like? <laughs> Let's be honest with that. And you understand what I'm saying here. We are good people. And we are all really wanting the same things. Love, comfort, peace. You have to learn how to hate. You have to learn to compare. You have to learn to fear. You also have to learn to recognize when you're being taken advantage of and what really matters. This is all part of this new truth. My heart breaks for black people all across the nation. As I described earlier, for them... Murder on the streets at the hands of a police officer or a self-appointed person of importance is nothing new. They just have solid proof. They also feel as though they now have proof many people don't seem to care, but they do. They do. They, they just have to wrap their minds around this new truth. Uh, the truth they've been shown on the streets, on their TVs, on their device screens that they carry around. I mean, it's new to them. I walked through the Civil Rights Museum with my wife and two of our kids, and the bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Alabama was 1963. That was it. Just just 1963. Do you want to know what 1963 was like? 
many folks don't have to ask a grandparent. You probably ask your own parents or aunt or uncle. That's, that's how recent it was. We look at the current actions as though it's unimaginable people can be capable of, of what they're doing to black people. But we're not that far from Selma or Memphis or Watts, Chicago, Minneapolis. We just don't think about it. I mean, it's true. So how does it happen? and How do we gain our power or regain our power? We have to really accept our place as the designers of our own lives and our own destinies. We have to prioritize what we have, what we can do, what we value. During lockdown, what did you really miss? What did you find you could live without? What did you really find beneficial and what did you find unnecessary? If you were able to work, did you see value in your time spent outside of your job? Did you make the most of your off time? Was your job important to you? Did you feel essential? If you didn't work, what luxuries were you forced to live without? Do you think you could still live without them? For everyone, did you miss interactions with others? Did lockdown help you prioritize who matters in your life? I mean, I've said it. I could watch a celebrity at home or I could FaceTime with a family member. Not a tough decision. You see, for a brief moment, many of the perceived needs we, Americans, have prioritized were exposed. Did you experience this too or, or did you fall prey to the when we get back to normal mindset? I felt way less competitive during the lockdown and I'm doing my best to keep these perspectives. It's healthier for me, and it has helped me appreciate so much more. This is the point. We don't need to be divisive, and we don't need to be competitive. We don't need to be powerless. We've handed over our desires to people who don't care about our best interests. The sooner we realize, the sooner... The sooner we realize the only real power they have over us is the power we've given them, the sooner we take the wheel of our own lives and make this nation a better place. Finally, <laughs> the virus is out there. It's real. People keep moving it from place to place and giving it to other people. And If you don't believe a mask can help slow the progress of the virus, you are being fooled. I wear a mask to the store and in the gas station, and I'm not shaming those who don't wear their own masks, but if I can make it a challenge to contract this virus, I will do so. The band is not playing indoor gigs this summer, and we're doing many things to change how we physically interact with others for a while. These are measures we're taking because we don't want to get sick and we don't want anyone else to get sick either. The gigs are fewer and the turnouts are bound to be lower, but we're playing the long game on this one for us and you. For my fellow musicians, I'm sorry I've not commented on every post or stream, but I've watched so, so many, more than ever. I've attended more shows than I have in years, and I have enjoyed them all immensely. The world still needs you. You don't need the road if you don't want to do that yet. I know it sounds strange, but again, the lockdown 
should be an educational moment. How can you adapt and persevere? I know not everyone is doing it, but many are, and the importance of community wins out over competition. I'd rather see us work together to keep everyone healthy and play more shows overall than rush to get back on stage and be responsible for someone getting sick or even dying. And if you don't think that could happen, you're wrong. Before I sign off, I I just want to reiterate, you are powerful. People are powerful. Own it. We will never get there tearing each other down. We'll only get there lifting each other up. I'll talk to you again soon. 